Hello everybody and welcome to this week's episode of the One Shop Movement podcast where we dive deep into the stories of entrepreneurs that are making it happen and I'm super excited. Today we have a very special guest, someone that was just introduced to me through a mutual friend who's also been a guest on the show. His name is Ralph Anania. Ralph's background been in business for 35 years. He's worked across um, many different industries. He had a business at one stage turning over $130 million. He's also helped raise over $500 million for business along the journey. He's a coach in business now. He's also an author. He's run a speaking company where he had some some of the best entrepreneurs around the world speaking with him all through Asia and he'll share a bit about that story. Ralph does also share some insights to I guess what it takes to get ahead in life, which is what this podcast is all about and gives also a couple of tools away as well. So an episode where there's a lot of learning to have. So sit back, enjoy this week's episode of the One Shot Movement Podcast. Okay, everybody, welcome to another episode of the One Shop Movement podcast where we dive deep into the stories of entrepreneurs, business people, inspiring leaders that are making it happen. I'm super excited today. I've uh, got a really high level businessman, business coach, speaker, author to talk to us today. We were recently introduced by, uh, we both share the same publisher and we jumped on the phone to connect, which is a really important thing about building networks is just really connect with the right type of people and I got uh, chatting last week to Ralph Anania um, where he was sharing a bit about his story and journey and business and it was so inspiring I asked him if he'd be a guest to share some of that wisdom uh, with us today but a little bit more background about him he's been in business over 35 years and been involved in many many businesses including one business which reached a turnover of 130 million dollars he run a global events business with some of the biggest speakers in the world. He is a coach and mentor to many businesses, but he's also been faced with a number of adversities and challenges along his journey, both personal, business, and even a health challenge as well, which is really important to understand that these things happen and attempt to derail you. So we'll dive a little bit into that story as well. So I didn't really do it that much justice there, Ralph, but, um, you know, welcome to the show and I'd love you to share a little bit more about your journey. Well, thanks for having me, uh, Craig. Really appreciate uh, being here and um, look forward to uh, the next little time that we have together and sharing some of my journey. So, yeah. Um, yeah, look, I just invite you. I, I did share a bit about your background, but you know, just open up and share. You know, thirty-five years in business, coach, mentor. You know, highly successful businesses, challenges. You know, I'd love to hear your story. Yeah, look, some of the um, the highlights, I guess, was uh, you know, growing uh, one of my businesses to one hundred and thirty million. But I've had the opportunity to um, you know to share the stage with some of the um, greatest thought leaders of our time and and share my wisdom um, in you know thirteen or fourteen different countries around the world now and 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 make a difference in people's lives. Um, you know my journey started out as a um, a son of an immigrant family and born and bred in the um, retail fresh produce 
uh, industry. So mum and dad had a little uh, fruit shop when I was growing up. And that was pretty much what started my entrepreneurial journey. I, uh, I spent a lot of time with my dad in my younger years, just following him and following his footsteps and just emulating everything that he did. And, you know, some of the greatest lessons that I've ever learned came from, from watching dad negotiate and, um, and deal with customers and deal with suppliers and, you know, how he interacted uh, with people and how he built a business, you know, from nothing. He came out to this country with basically just a suitcase and, um, and built, uh, you know, built a, a business, um, a family business that we're all involved in for, for a long time. And he didn't actually want me to be part of the, the, the business. He actually wanted me to go out and, um, and get, uh, you know, create a, a career uh, externally. And um, I did a little stint at accounting for a couple of years and I really didn't like it. So I, I ended up uh, back in the industry and um, I loved the fresh produce game. I, I loved fresh food. It was just uh, exciting. And, you know, over the years, um, it's just grown and expanded and had the opportunity to um, to go into a few different areas um, of fresh food and fresh food manufacturing and retail, uh, wholesale, providoring. So, yeah, at one stage, um, you know, we were probably one of the top five fresh produce uh, companies in the country um, had seven different locations across the eastern seaboard and about 350 odd staff so um, had grown that business uh, quite substantially and um, and had many challenges along the way so I've come come close to bankruptcy three times over the years and uh, and let me tell you um, you know they're they're quite challenging times because you know going bankrupt is quite easy you know you just basically you know cut the ties and and you move forward but you know, when you're in a uh, financial hole and you want to keep the um, the autonomy of doing the right thing by people, you know, you, you push your way through it. And that was really important for me. It was really important for the, for the family, of course, because, uh, you know, challenging times you uh, you grow through. And and it was, um, it was, you know, a period where or, you know, a few periods where, you learn a lot and you learn a lot about yourself. You learn a lot about the people around you and, and uh, navigating through those times is what has enabled me to share my wisdom and help business people um, around the globe today. Um, one of the biggest challenges I see, Craig, in, in the SME space, especially, you know, the small to medium um, enterprise sector is that a lot of people go into business and they don't really have business skills. You know, they may have, you know, the skills that they were taught, they could be great accountants, great uh, mechanics, great panel beaters, great doctors. You know, I've had clients uh, that have been, you know, that are doctors and, um, and have had surgeries and clinics that uh, has grown beyond their, their capacity and have had um, massive issues because they don't know how to run a business. You know, they're, they're, they're great at what they, they know, what they've been taught in their, uh, in their profession, but they're not necessarily business people. And, one of the uh, missing factors is, you know, learning the art of becoming a, an entrepreneur and running a successful business is, um, is just as important as getting a medical degree, you know. Um, so a lot, a lot of people miss that part. And, and that's why we see a lot of businesses go broke. Uh, mm. Then they get the wrong advice. And, and usually it's from people that um, will come in and, and share what they've learned out of a textbook and not necessarily what they've experienced in real life. So, you know, through my journey, I've had, you know, the, the opportunity of, um, of 
a few, um, quite a few startups and, um, and acquired a few businesses as well. So over the years, um, between what I've raised for my own businesses and for clients, I've raised probably over 500 million in capital for acquisitions and, and mergers. And um, having shared, um, you know, the successes of the journey has allowed me now to, to be able to um, take that even further with uh, some of the work that I do with, uh, with my private clients and also with some of the courses that I've written, the programs that I've written to, um, to help people navigate their way through, you know, not just challenging times in business, but challenging times in life. You know, we, we all go through adversity at some stage. Um, I have had the, uh, the, um, unpleasant, uh, fortune, I guess, of going through uh, a bit in my time. Um, you know, back in 2012, I made a transitional change from being in the fresh food industry to, to wanting uh, to go out and speak a bit more and, um, and share my journey. And it was, um, it was in that year that I was diagnosed with prostate cancer. And it was at the time, um, I had to make a decision and it was uh, based around the stress in my life and what I wanted to achieve and what I wanted to leave behind. So I, I basically sat back and, and, and looked at it and uh, said, this is pretty much half time. You know, it's, it's where I am right now that I know how I've lived the first half of my life and I need to make some changes to go out and um, navigate through the second half. And I can do that through, um, through planning and, and setting myself up a little bit differently. Unfortunately, though, um, you know, a year later, my mum passed away and I was in New Zealand presenting uh, at the time. And it was a, a stressful time for me because I, um, I wasn't able to get a flight back to Sydney because of curfew. So, you know, losing your mother is, um, is pretty challenging because there's no other person in your life you know, that takes your mother's place. And, and I pretty, pretty much beat myself up for that over, over the following 12 months. And then in, um, in December 2014, um, my wife of 25 years uh, decided she had enough of the, uh, the marriage and um, she uh, left and left me and the kids. And, and we, um, we sort of navigated our way through, through that time in my life and it was um like nothing else i'd ever experienced because uh, i didn't expect it and i i certainly um had a lot to learn you know in that journey as well of uh of being um being able to fulfill the role as a mother to the children and and also um continue life as as a father although you know there was a a multitude of emotional roller coasters happening internally um so, you know, we, we sort of have our ups and downs uh, in life and I think uh, some of us handle them differently. And one of the, um, the greatest things for me is that I've always had the strength of my children to, uh, to support and, um, and be there for me as well as uh, me be there for them. So, you know, today it's, it's a different world that, um, that I've created. And uh, once upon a time where, you know, success was material things and what you had and what you, you achieved, today success is the difference that I make in, in somebody else's life and none more importantly than my children um, to see them grow and evolve uh, the way they have. So um, that's, yeah, that's just a bit of, a bit of my journey, I guess, in a, in a few minutes. 
Yeah, look, I mean, just listening through that, like that's, you know, the common challenges a lot of people face too, like health challenges are quite common and people deal with them differently. You know, marriage and, and challenges around that, uh, you know, are well documented statistically and, you know, very hard to navigate through and, um um, you know, you don't get given a, a book to learn about that at, um, at university. You've just got to, like, take day by day, I guess, with some of these circumstances and health, health challenges, business challenges. You're right. Um, I always use the example of people go on reality TV shows like MasterChef and so on to be... Because they're passionate about cooking and then they go and start a restaurant and they go bankrupt not too long after because they... Um, passionate cooks they're not business people and they they fall in love with the romantics of the show and then you know then they go follow their dream and passion and it it might be a good idea but it's a tough world out there when you're getting leases you're hiring and firing and you then you got to market and grow the business and I used to say to people um, owning five fitness clubs you know I was I wanted to build a business for my future but, you know, I, I found that I was always the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker. It was, you know, wearing so many different hats and many of those hats I had not much experience in. So I think when you've been on that type of journey, 35 years, built big businesses, raised money, faced health, um, family challenges, grief, like, you know, losing a partner, you know, through divorce and your mother and, and, you know, even a a close friend, like, dealing with the grief, like, it builds resilience and wisdom. So, um, you know, it is is great to have you on the show to be able to um, dive into that because, um, you know, one of the things that you need to build up is that resilience, that mindset and never give up attitude. Do you want to share a little bit about that? Yes. Um, uh, look, I think early, early on in the piece, I learned that, um, you know, adversity is going to happen regardless. There's always going to be challenges in life. And we, we go through challenges every single day. It's how we look at those, those challenges and how we react to them is, is the way that we, um, I, I guess, attract the outcome that, that we, uh, we get. If, if we go into um, any situation, and we have a ne- negative mindset and we, and we look at it through a, a victim uh, set of eyes and a, and a poor me mentality, you, you're never going to get an outcome. You, you, you've got to take what, what has been dished out. You, you look at the situation as it is. You learn from the experience and you keep finding ways to push through. You know, if you look at every successful person um, before us, before our time, you know, they had many challenges that they had to push through to get to where where they wanted to be. And you don't you don't just give up. You know, yes, you you continue on. You might fall. You might fail if you want to use the word fail. But you know, failure is nothing more than learning unless you give up. If you give up, then then that's it. It's game over. But you know, if you've failed and you've fallen down and you get up and dust yourself off and you learn why you fall you fell down in the first place, you continue to move forward. And you continue to grow and evolve. And I always say, you know, the journey of a thousand miles starts with one step at a time. But you don't know how far you've actually come until you turn around and have a look. Mm. And then you go, wow, I don't believe I've come this far. Because 
there, there's been many dark moments in my life where I never thought that I'd be, be able to get through that period. But, you know, you get through that five seconds of, of, um, of pain and grief and, and you go, okay, pull yourself together. What do I need to do? What have I, what have I missed here that has, has allowed me to get to this point because I've missed something. And if I can find what it is that I've missed, I'm able to then take that, learn from it and grow. Now, that's, that's not saying that you may not make more mistakes and you may not fail again, but you won't make the same mistake. Mm. And it's all about learning and continually learning. And that's, that's just growth. And you're right, you know, that stuff, you can't, you can't just learn that out of a textbook. You know, that's just life experiences. And some people live through life going through what they have learned in a textbook and basically live their, their life in a box. But, you know, if you want to grow and evolve and make a difference in the world, and that's what I'm all, always um, on about and always say to my children, you know, what is it that you want to do? that is going to make a difference. It's not just about having a job. It's not just about making money. What are you going to do that will make a difference in the world? Hmm. And uh, you touch on that, uh, the, the growth and the learning and that, you know, if you fail, it doesn't matter. It's the lesson learned. And one of the guiding messages I've always um, done in many of my talks around the world is really a bit of advice from Ray Dalio um, out of his book, Work Life Principles. And, you know, he used to say, say something like, take action. So go and do something, learn the lesson and then grow, you know, put in the uh, things to grow. So whether the action's a good one or a bad action, like you go and make a sale and you get a rejection, okay, what was the lesson I learned in there? And then what are the ac- the the uh, the growth steps that I'm going to do so I don't make that same mistake again or, or just refine it uh, at the very least? So it's, it's a really good point that you make there. Now, you um, did share a little bit about speaking and speaking with some of the best thought leaders of our time. Do you want to share and dive into a little bit about that story um, and, you know, even some of the people that you have worked with and some of the key lessons that you've learned from those people as well? So, yeah, I'd love to hear a bit about that. Yeah, look, I, I've had... Um... I've had a lot, lot of time on stage. I, I started my journey um, many, many years ago when I was invited to speak at uh, Fresh Produce conferences and just speak about the business and, and the innovation that I had created throughout my business journey. I never never um, set out to be a speaker, but I enjoyed, the, um, I enjoyed the stage. I enjoyed just sharing with people what innovation I could bring to the industry. And I could see that was making a difference in... in um, just in the fresh produce industry. And when I came to a point in my life where I needed to make a change, I, I wanted to share my message and the journey that I had, uh, had been on. And I had written, had the opportunity at the time to, um, to write a chapter in a book called Millionaire Mentors. And, and that um, started the journey for me of, of sharing my wisdom to uh, people outside of the fresh produce industry and just people in general. And I, and I had a number of people um, over a period of time after the book was released that came to me and, and asked for guidance, asked for help. And, uh, you know, I'd never seen myself as a coach. I had certainly had mentored people, but I never saw myself as a business coach or, or gave myself that title. But when I had people come to me that were, um, 
that were really in trouble. I mean, serious trouble in their business. And I was able, able to help them navigate through their, uh, their challenges and, and do it with ease. And, and the results that they had gained were phenomenal. And I thought, this is, this is just so natural for me because I've done it all before. I've been there before. Um, you know, one, one of the first businesses that I had ever helped was a, um, a business in the industry that it, that it was basically on, on their knees. They'd come to me, they were um, literally days from bankruptcy and, you know, they were a little bit embarrassed and, and the owner called me, I'd done business with them for a long time and the owner called me and said, Ralph, you know, you've been through your challenges and, you know, and I've watched you navigate through that over the years. Um, you know, I'm embarrassed to say, but, you know, I'm in a bit of trouble at the moment and, um, and I don't know who else to turn to. I've turned to everybody that, uh, that I could and the advice has been just to, um, you know, shut the doors and go bankrupt. But, but you've never done that. I wanted to see what you, you know, what you would tell me. So I had a look at his business and reality was that the banks at the time were being um, really difficult to deal with. And there was a period where, where banks used to um, exert their authority, you know, and, um, and treat businesses, you know, really disrespectfully. So I, I basically um, had a look at his business, had a look at what challenges he was having. Um, you know, he opened up his books completely to me. And I said to him, let's, let's try this as a, as a, um, a, as a last sort of uh, means to negotiate with the banks. And if it doesn't work, then we've got nothing to lose. But if it does work, we've got a lot of upside. So I, I said to him, let me negotiate the, uh, with the banks for you. Um, he had uh, solicitors and accountants that had tried to do that, but they were all coming from a legal perspective. I sat down with him. We had a look at his business very carefully. I could see what he was doing wrong, where he had gone wrong. We put together a, um, a plan um, and I took that plan to the bank and I said, I sat with the bank. Now, mind you, I had nothing to lose. It wasn't my business. So I was not emotionally attached, right? So I went into the bank and I spoke to them as I would a supplier, right? And I basically said to them, guys, you're a bank and you're a supplier because you're supplying money to my client. I said, at the end of the day, you can shut him down and you're going to lose nothing and put people out of work and you're going to potentially be able to see yourself in the spotlight that you've taken a small business out of play. I said, here's a plan. Here's what I intend to do with my client. I see him being able to turn this business around and get some serious payments back to you. And within 12 to 18 months, it could, could potentially have cleared the debt. Now, it's a choice that you've got to make. But my recommendation would be you've got nothing to lose because if you bankrupt him, you're not going to get what's owed. But if you give him the latitude, we can work together and at least you know that I'm there now to guide him through it. Anyway, long story short, they accepted it. They accepted the deal. And um, I think just from memory now, something like 20 or 22 months later, um, we had set his business up to sell. And because I'm a believer that you should always set your business up for a sale. Even if you'd never want to sell it, you should always set your business up for sale. That means getting it squeaky clean, making sure that you're maximizing your return because you want to build the enterprise value. And a lot of people in small business don't understand what the enterprise value is because they take all the money out of it. And then when it comes to selling the business, 
they're not showing a profit and then they expect a lot of money for a business that they might have built over 20 years. Mm. So I've always had that, you know, um, as one of the things that I've worked towards. And I, and I did that with this one client and, you know, it was under two years. I know that for sure, but he sold his business for um, over 14 and a half million. And, um, and he was just blown away, you know, and that was basically what, what gave me the the confidence to move forward in the um, in the business coaching world and and pretty much nine, I won't say hundred percent but ninety percent of uh, all of the clients that I've had over the last sort of six to eight years have come through referrals purely and simply because of the track record that I've had um, but I don't get emotionally attached and this is the difference you see in business when you're dealing with a, with a bank or when you're dealing with, with um, a challenge, you're emotionally attached and you've got to be able to remove yourself from that emotion because, you know, when emotion goes up, intellect goes down and emotion stimulates the brain 3,000 times faster than rational thinking. So I've always said, being from the produce industry, off goes the head and on goes the pumpkin because, <laughs> you know, you're not thinking straight. So when you, when you can remove yourself um, from that situation and this is where you know I work really well with clients because I don't get emotionally attached so I'm able to see things from from a different perspective different perspective and give them a different view I don't go in and give my opinion I don't believe my opinion is worth anything I've got to give them value so I give them a option or two to think about that they may not have seen so they can get a clearer picture on what they need to do um, and that's sort of you know, what made me get into the, the, the coaching and mentoring space, which then led me to um, wanting to speak more and more on stage and sharing some of these stories with, um, you know, with the audiences around the world that are, that are real life stories um, is, is what, you know, brought out the, uh, the authentic side and what people really like on stage. I mean, I've, I've, um, spoken to audiences you know large and small and and let me tell you uh, i've seen a lot of smokes and mirrors out there from you know so-called speakers that are selling a program that you know uh, promises you promises you to get rich quick um you know over a period of time uh, a short period of time and you know I don't have anything against people and their programs. And I think that, um, you know, some programs, if people, you know, put their hard work into, they do get something out of. But there's a lot of people out there that have never walked the walk. You know, they've never owned a business. They've never, they don't know what it's like not to be able to pay wages this week. You know, they haven't had that experience. And they're selling a program that has been, um, you know, it's been manufactured. It comes from a, from a, um, a textbook or as we say in the, um, in the speaking world, you know, R&D in the commercial world is research and development. R&D in the speaking world is rip off and duplicate. And that's what a lot of people do, unfortunately, you know. Um, that said, though, I have had the opportunity to, um, to be mentored and to speak alongside of and share the stage with some amazing people. And, um, you know, I've had... Uh, the opportunity when I had uh, when I owned Global uh, Success Events, I I did a tour with John Azaraf and and he's just an absolute gentleman, one of the nicest uh, human beings I've ever met, and he really knows his stuff, you know, and he's uh, he's you know one of the uh, the few that I have a lot of time for that is genuine and very very authentic, and um, 
And I spent a lot of time with a, a, a gentleman by the name of Kane Minkus. And Kane uh, taught me a lot about um, speaking and speaking on stage and, you know, and sharing my story. And, and he was a big influence in my life uh, to be able to do what I'm doing and, and just to be able to elevate the, um, the, the, the message that I had because it was real, because I had actually gone out there and built, you know, a hundred plus million dollar business um and multiple businesses you know the smallest business i've ever owned i think was turning over four million so you know it, it was it was um for me it wasn't a big deal i didn't you know when you when you're growing a business you don't realize you know how big or small it is you just do it you know year on year you plan to grow and you don't it's not until somebody else tells you um that you you know you've got a great you know large business and and that's what um what you sort of end up you know, knowing, but to say um, that I was out there to prove a point or to do something any any different to that, it wasn't. It was just the fact that I'd grown that business over a 25-year period and, you know, it just continued to grow. So um, it's been interesting to uh, to be able to, to travel and, and share, you know, the, the stories, the wisdom, and obviously some of the programs that I've written from my own experience through my own challenges. And... I never went to uni per se, so I, I, I like to, to learn things, you know, in the easiest possible way. Now, I don't mean cutting corners, but I mean, if I can learn something, teach it to me the simplest way because that's how I learn. And my programs are written the same way. I, I teach my programs the way that I like to be learned. I don't need, the, the way that I like to learn. I, I don't like to um, make it difficult just to make myself look good. It's got to be... Uh, a pro program that's got to be easy for people to follow and um, and they, they get it straight away. And, and that's pretty much um, how I've uh, developed and evolved in um, in my coaching you know, career over the last sort of eight to ten years now. Mm. You did mention a bit about the smoke and mirrors and, you know, in my early 20s as an entrepreneur trying to learn, I did uh, years, probably two or three years of turning up to the events where they, you know, sell the, the big dream and, you know, get you to run to the back of the room and, you know, there's a lot of... Uh, fraudulent behaviour, let's, you know, uh, say along that sort of pathway and you can, you know, through wisdom and experience you can see right through that. So I, know, I sort of know what you mean when you talk about that. Um, you did touch on the other day, look, a lot of people that are following this type of audience or this audience is really about, you know, living with passion and purpose and helping people find their why. Um, there's a lot of people right now that, you know, I call checkmated, you know, they might be struggling with their job and, you know, that COVID-19's come in, it's like I need to do something different now. Um, what do you, what would your advice be? Or you said you don't give advice or opinions necessarily, but, you know, what should someone do if they're sitting at work, not happy in their job, not happy in their career, not, you know, their business might not be performing as well as they like it? What's their, their first best steps to find their purpose or find their, their why in life? That's a, a really great question and one that I absolutely love, uh, Craig, because I have so many people that come to me that do not know what their purpose is and don't know what their why is and they really struggle. And it's not that difficult. The, the challenge we have with society today is that we, we live in a material world, right? Every, everything is, you know, 
superficial. I say superficial because we do, we live in a, a world of click and collect. You know, we're hungry, we, uh, we get on our phone, we order, and five minutes later, it's at your door. You know, it's, it's click and collect. I mean, it's, it's not really how life is. And everything around it revolves um, wholly and solely around money. And everyone's looking at what they can do to make money. And yes, money's important. Absolutely it is. But the most important part to find your purpose is what, ask yourself the question, find, dig deep and find what it would be that you would do that you absolutely love doing that comes so easily to you that is, has no, puts no stress on you that you can do it uh, regardless and don't put money to it. And once you find what that is, then you find a way to monetize it. The most important part is to know what you're passionate about doing. Once you, you learn what that is, then you work out how do I now turn this into a business or some form of income stream that will see me out of my you know, nine to five mundane job. And with that though, like let's say... You know, you're, I don't know, ran, I'll randomly think of something, but let's say you're passionate about vinyl records, for example, and you, you know, like running Saturday night, getting all your friends around and being a DJ with the old vinyls and, you know, there's not much of a business potential there or you, you just believe there's potential in business in every uh, single area? Um, yeah. So... Vinyl records are huge, right? You've, you've probably given me something that, um, that isn't much of a challenge because vinyl records really is a big business, right? There are a lot of people that like the, uh, the vinyl. Um, they like the old record player. Um, it, it is a very, very big thing and very successful in a lot of ways. People will spend that extra to have a a vinyl because everything's online today so everybody can access whatever they want music wise online and having that that vinyl record and and being a collector um, there are people that will pay really really good money for certain things so if that's a love and a passion of yours absolutely you may not have thought you could turn that into a business but absolutely you can and um and that's just sort of one, one of the things i mean i had had a client only last week that had been struggling for years and years and years to find her passion. And, um, you know, when we really got down to it, she loves dogs. She just, she's an animal lover, but really loves dogs. And we started opening up the whole world of what you could do with dogs. I mean, there's, there's a million different things you could do with, with dogs and, and, you know, pets is a huge industry today um, and, and dogs more than anything else. So she had never realised it. You know, she's in her 40s, never realised she'd gone and had a career, you know, done, she's, she's got a career, but, but it was not fulfilling for her. And she was concerned because she was in her 40s, but wasn't fulfilled. And, um, and she never thought of that. She never thought that that would be um, a driver for her. That would be a... a, a a pur purposeful um, journey for her to take on that that sort of um, business as as you know a, a pet or a dog 
um, business and, and create something from it. So it's important to understand what drives you. That's, that's the number one thing. What drives you? What do you love? Absolutely love. And if, and if what you're doing today doesn't get you jumping out of bed in the morning, then that tells you that there, there's, there's time or there's a need for you to, uh, to revisit what your passion is, is, uh, is delivering for you personally. And let's say, for example, I don't know, you were, uh, I'm just giving an, an example here and, uh, diving into your superpower um but you were a corporate executive that then went to have a family and you spent five years out um of your corporate career but you were a mother of three or four or two or one or whatever and you didn't want to go back into the corporate world um you know you you're a dog lover um, but you don't necessarily have capital to go and start a business. What's their next best steps? Is it just, yeah, um, it's sort of like they do have a passion, but they don't have the funds to get started. They don't really have the business acumen to, you know, go and build a business. What would you advise someone like that? There's always uh, a possibility for collaboration uh, and an opportunity for collaboration. You've just got to be able to tap into the right people and have the right conversations. You know, I always say the, the better the questions, the better the answers. So if you're speaking with somebody specifically around what you would like to achieve and they're on the same journey as you, I mean, there's people out there that don't mind investing in people's passion because when you're investing in a person's passion and you can contribute to um, assisting them grow the business side, that's a great relationship because if a person knows what they're doing really, really well, but they don't necessarily have the business skills and you can team up with someone that has the business skills and a little bit of capital, the person that's got the passion is the one that's really going to drive it. The capital is, is just basically a tool that is required to, to run the business. So it can, um, it can work quite well. There's also um, many channels of funding that, that are, are available as well and more importantly look at what you can do being creative one of the things that i hear a lot of and i'm sure that you have too craig is that if only i had the money mm -hmm. right and and what i say to people is that if if that's what you're saying to yourself then you're missing out on the creative part because if if you really want to do something be creative enough to find the money just because you don't have it, it doesn't mean you can't achieve it. Mm. You know, most of the most of the you know super successful people that we see around the globe today um, never really started their businesses with their own money. They had the dream, they had the drive, they had the passion to go and, and build what they built, but they started off with other people's money. Now, whether that that means that they're in the business long term or short term. That's just a uh, commercial negotiation that happens. But if you've got a passion and the drive and the purpose to be able to put together a plan that shows somebody with money what you can really achieve, they will buy into your belief, into your dream. But you've got to be able to show them. They're not going to, it's, it's, it's not as easy as saying, because I, I have a lot of these, this happened to me as well. People come to me and they've got this great idea you know, and they want me to support 
and uh, financially support their idea because it's going to be global and it's going to be great. But then when I ask them, do they have a business plan or anything on, on paper? And, you know, they look at you like this, a deer staring at headlights because they don't know what you're talking about. That's a concern, right? That's a really, a, you know, a real concern because I always say in my teachings, all of my problems, all of my problems throughout my entire business career started out as a good idea. Yeah. So, you know, a good idea isn't enough to get you through and grow a business. Mm. You've got to have a little bit of a plan. It doesn't have to be super detailed, but once you've got a plan that shows somebody with money that you know what you're doing, it gives them the confidence to support you. Because if somebody came to me with an idea, a plan and a vision to execute, I would then buy into that and go, yeah, this is something that I think I could um, add value to from my business expertise and I would invest in it. But just having the idea is not enough. Yeah, uh, interesting conversation. I'm, I'm just, uh, the brain's cogs are working at the moment. I, um, through real life experience, invested in a, a business last year because I felt the the, the niche and the market was just exponentially growing and there was 10 high quality plant-based food products and um, you know they had been operating they had been working they had put forward a plan and and all of that and um, you know it hasn't really necessarily gone anywhere so sometimes maybe you know if there's good product good you know market for that and demand for that product but the person behind it's not right um is that a problem or what would you say in that circumstance circumstance? yeah no that that is that is is definitely a problem so one of the other things that um you know i'm always uh keen to share because it was shared with me by a very very good friend of mine who i hold in high regard and uh, i never forget him saying to me Um, Ralph, always pick the person before you pick the deal because it could be the best deal in the world, but if the person's the wrong person, the deal will go to crap anyway. So it it doesn't matter how good the deal is, it's how good the person is. And if the person's the right person and you're a fit and it, um, it works, the, the deal will, will grow, it'll evolve and you'll create something from it. But um, just having a great deal with the wrong person, no, it's, uh, it's doomed for challenges. So one of the things that is really important is to pick the person before you pick the deal. Because if you've got a great deal and it's the wrong person, the deal's going to fail anyway. It, it, whereas when you've got the right person and the deal is a good deal, you'll make it a great deal. Because the person that you're working with is the right person for you. So there's got to be a match. If you're if you're not a match with somebody, and whether it means you know you're on the same level of belief, integrity, authenticity, um, you know whatever whatever it is for you, you have to be on the same page. And and it's and it's important that you do your due diligence on the person. A lot of people focus due diligence on businesses. I do a lot of due diligence on the person because the person will tell you everything. You know, at the end of the day, a business is made up of people, right? Mm-hmm. So if we're not getting on as partners or, or um, you know, just um, collaborating together on a deal, if we're not getting on as human beings, you know, 
the business side of it is irrelevant. Mm. So I always maintain that you need to be a match. Mm. However that looks, you need to be a match. Hmm. And um, yeah, really good advice um, for anyone out there is, you know, don't just look at the business. You've got to look at who's behind the business too. It's critically important. Um, so one of the conversations that popped up the other day when we were just talking on the phone, you were talking about your 20-day, 20 21-day transformation um, a course that you've just put together, I think, recently um, through your experience and that. Do you want to talk about how someone, or is it about how you can transform someone in 21 days? So I, I came about uh, putting the program together because I had had uh, numerous conversations at the beginning of COVID uh, at the beginning of the year with um, with people um, from around the globe. Um, I got a lot of family in uh, in Italy and uh, and a few in Canada and I was having conversations with those and then um, you know some colleagues in in Singapore and the UK and the US um, around you know what was transpiring in their country and as I'm talking and the more talking that I was um, doing and having conversation with them, the more I could feel the fear and the, the anxiety and the uncertainty in their voice. And it, and it really started to worry me because we we're going from one part of the, the, the globe to the other. And it was like, this is, this thing's going to start to um, really take control of, of the entire world and people are going to, to be uh, in, in dire straits. And as I was um, thinking that way, it was starting to uh, become bigger and bigger. And I looked back and reflected on my own life. And I looked back at some of the things that I went through and some of the things that I did to get out of those really challenging times, you know, and, and I, you know, we, we're in a crisis, obviously, uh, worldwide now. But, you know, I've been through um, many of my own that um, you sort of know how to navigate through them um, mentally. And I started to put together a, um, a process and I thought, how can I do it where people will gain the most out of this and not just be at home in an isolation period? And I know how quickly, you know, an idle mind can turn the, um, you know, t turn you into some dark moments. So I, I put together... Uh, the program over a 21 day period, but it was really well thought through, not because I wrote it, but well thought through because of the days that, that things happened on certain days. So every day there is a, a theme to the day, there's an exercise, and then I leave you with a reflection. And it's about a 20 to 30 minute um, process. So, you, you know, you can spend as much or as little time on it as, as you like, but Every day is meaningful and it builds into the following day. And I, I, I went through the first few days and I thought, okay, this is what I need to, to get people to do to become involved. So how do we get them involved enough where they enjoy it and want to keep going? Because a lot of people tend to opt out after a, a few days. So I transitioned from um, a few days uh, into to having... Um, a on day five where you have to basically go out and create your own group now you don't have to do anything other than just create your own facebook group and invite people to the group 
And, and the reason for that, the program's automated, so it's all, all done for you. Um, and you just send out the, um, the details to whoever you've invited in the group. But what it does, in a, in a time of despair or in a, in a dark time, it keeps you engaged and it also keeps, keeps you responsible for the people that you've brought into your group. So not only are you then basically going on to, you know, day six or seven, they're starting their journey. And because you've started the Facebook group, it allows them to be part of your network and you can nurture them while you're still going through the course. So that sort of happens at day five. So it, it gets you even more involved. And then through most of the challenges that I've ever done or seen, you know, be 21 days or uh, 30 days or, or, or more, most um, most of them ask you to write your goals at the very beginning, and that's always been a bit of a struggle for me because if you're in a you know in a dark place and you don't really know what it is that you want to achieve, it's hard to write goals. So my my program, you get to day twenty before you start writing your goals, and mm. at day twenty, I get you to write your goals for the next thirty days. But I do that because at day twenty one, when when the um, program's over. Uh, day 21 is about you reflecting on what you've achieved, how far you've come. And then there's a little exercise that, that I get you to do. And it's basically just sharing your journey through a uh, quick video and sending me the video. But by doing that, I, I then, um, as just as a gift, uh, I, I, I give you uh, 30 days of coaching. So basically four weeks of, of coaching um, live once a week with me in a group. And you get to ask questions and, and we help. Uh, each other in the journey of the 30-day goal setting. So you set your goals at day 20, then you've got me for another four weeks. So you actually get to achieve your goals. And only this week I've, uh, I've finished a group and the, the, the results have been amazing. I mean, I, you know, but to see people that, you know, are distraught and broken when they come in and, and to see them really inspired and have a plan of where they want to get to, um, is is really fulfilling, and I always say, you know, you can you can change your business, and it's and it's great. It's it's you know, it's it's great to achieve that. But when you can change someone's life, you know, not only is it fulfilling for them, but it's fulfilling for you. You know, it's it's like and those memories last forever. You know, for them and for you, and, and that's far greater than ever creating any money. And and I did it because I just felt the need to give back. I wanted, I just wanted to give back. There's no hidden agenda. There's no, um, you know, there's no fee. There's, there's nothing to it. It's just my doing, me doing my bit to, um, to help, you know, humanity. Yeah, great. You know, a contribution is such a powerful thing too. So, you know, when you're giving back um, and contributing, that's sort of nearly like the highest level that you can actually be doing. So well done for that. Um, at the end of every episode, I always ask some rapid-fire questions, and I am going to ask you about your book in one of these questions, so I'll give you a chance to uh, talk a bit about that. But um, outside of your book, uh, what is the best book someone should read to help them get ahead in life? Oh, one of the, the books that I like to, um, to give to a lot of clients when I start with them is um, Stephen Covey's, you know, Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. I think it's, there's a lot in that book. There's a lot of great books. I've read a lot of books over my time, but I think that's a book that um, I just keep going back to because there's a lot of lessons in that one book that can help people on their journey in, in business, especially, 
you know, there, there are a lot of other books that, that are not necessarily business books and I'm not all about business books, but that's just one that, um, that I use as a tool quite, quite often. Yeah, yeah that's a, I haven't come back to that book for such a long time, but yeah, um, now you said you're the first person to say that on this podcast, so great for the listeners to hear a few different varieties. What about other forms of content? Do you listen to podcasts? Do you like going onto YouTube and looking at stuff? Is there anything that you should do? Look, I, I like to, um, to spend some time at looking at what other people are doing. In, in different areas. Um, I, I enjoy listening to um, people's journeys. Um, one, one of the people that I listen to a lot and I've, I've followed over the years um, because I had the opportunity to meet him and I, and I really like, um, you know, what, what he's about is John Maxwell. You know, mm-hmm. I really enjoy John Maxwell's, um, you know, leadership principles. I think he's, uh, he's, he's great at that. Um, you know, there, there are a lot of people that, uh, that have really, you know, really good authentic material out there. And that's sort of what I look for. You know, I, I sort of, um, like to, to dig deep. Sometimes I I get into the spiritual space. I like a lot of, um, um, and I'm not so much the self-help, but understanding as a human being, you know, what the spiritual side of us is you know and and i like joe dispenser's work i think i think joe dispenser is is great at it and um and as i said earlier you know i i've got a lot of time for john azarath and the work that he does around the human mind you know and and we can achieve so much when we understand how to use you know this little fella up here because um a lot of us don't you know a lot of us don't we we don't give ourselves the time to just sit with ourselves you know, where our mind's always ticking and thinking about so much else that we don't spend the time and just be. I always say, just sit and be. And, and that's one of the, um, on one of the days in the 21-day program, that's what I talk about. It's, it's about just allowing some you time for, for you to just sit and be. Be in yourself and gather that time for you. Mm, uh, very good advice. What and talking about advice, what would you say the best bit of advice you've ever received is? Oh, let me just think. Um, the best bit of advice would be probably look. I, I, I have to say, you know, it's from my dad, and um, and that you know, respect has to be earned, mm. and never, ever, ever have your integrity questioned. Yeah. And that, that, that stuck with me forever. And, and that means that, you know, when you really have your core values in place, no matter what influence, external influence you have, nothing challenges that. Um, you know, I know it might not be as sexy or as, you know, glamorous as, as other advice, but, you know, that's been really, um, you know, to the core for me. Yeah, that's, you know, that's foundational stuff, really. Like, that's uh, really, really important. And, and what about the worst bit of advice you've ever seen or ever been presented with? Um, the worst bit of advice is that um, I, 
think would have to be, you know, go to school, get a degree, get a job, and then, you know, you'll be happy. I think that's probably the, the worst bit of advice I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. Um, so in the next question, what's next? Now, we met actually through our publisher, Emily Gower. We'll give her a, a joint plug, but um, you're just about uh, to launch a book. Maybe share a bit about that. Yeah, so I mentored Emily um, a number of years ago, and she's a phenomenal young lady. Um, and I always wanted to write a book and uh, and have you know Emily publish it for me because she's she's just got a beautiful soul, as you know. And um, and she would always say to me, you know, just through my mentoring, that she um, she would love to see a book come out of me one day. And look, the book's really about you know, my journey in life. It's not my bio. It's not, um, you know, my autobiography. It's, it's not a business book. It's just a book on the journey that I've, I've experienced. And I, and I wanted it to be a book that you could pick up and just go to any chapter and it would have some very, very, very valuable insights. Um, you know, I don't like to call them lessons. It's my journey. And if I can share that wisdom with people and, you know, just through my business career, through my personal career, through raising three amazing children, um, you know, all of that comes together and it's just life. To me, it, it's life, Craig. I, I know people talk about work-life balance, but mm. I, I just, I call it life. Mm. You know, you, you need to balance life. Now, if work is in your life and your children are in your life and, you know, you've got some hobbies that are in your life, it's, it's life and it's about you balancing it. And it's just the, the sharing my experience, my journey and my wisdom and, um, and, and having it where anyone can pick it up. You don't have to be a, a corporate person. You know, it could be anyone um, at, at any, any stage of their life. It could be a mother that's raising some children. Um, there's, there's very, very valuable information in there on, on how I navigated through my life so far. That's pretty much it. Yeah, like I, I sort of take the same line there, like with what I do, um, you know, I've had a reasonably good long journey in business and success and entrepreneurship and everything and, you know, one of the things that I do do is, is travel a little bit um, and, um, you know, people always say, you know, do you enjoy traveling? Do you, I say, look, I do everything for my family. You know, that's, you know, I want them to see the world. I want them to go to get be given the best opportunities possible and, and, and give, you know, the, so I, I just, I do call everything all bundled together in, uh, into that word life rather than work life too. So it's, it's quite a, a really, um, good way to look at it. So what about uh, wrapping up? Where do we find you? Is, is it websites? Is it social media? Where, what's the best place to find you? Yeah, look, my website is just ralphanania.com. Um, so everything's on there. Um, you can get access to my 21-day program is on there as well. Um, I've got uh, Ralphanania page on Facebook. So that's the, um, that's the Facebook site. Instagram is just Ralphanania. Um, yeah, that's pretty much me in the, in the spotlight. <laughs> now, look, from my end, look, I think this conversation really does fit 
Um, you know, my vision and mission for my message really is uh, to help people live life with passion and purpose, whatever that is for them, um, whether it's to climb the corporate ladder or be the best parent they can be. You know, it is finding that purpose. And, um, you know, you touched on that in this episode uh, really well. And, you know, you have had a pretty incredible uh life to date <laughs> and uh, it's been good to um, dive into that and you being open and sharing a bit about that so I really appreciate you jumping on to this week's episode. Thanks very much. Um, I just if I can just uh, close um, by saying one last thing Craig it would be you know there, there, there's a lot of people that tend to put material things to success. Um, success is different for everybody and you know i've i've lived a great life i've had all the toys you could possibly think of and you know and i've had uh, the opportunity to you know to be with some you know great famous people but that's not who makes me you know i don't need to have a photo with you know one of my cars or or you know a famous person for me to to shine i've got to be able to shine on my own two feet and i would say that to everybody you know you don't need to have a photo in front of a lamborghini to to so people think you're successful because Um, You know, success is different for all of us and through different stages of life. You know, when you're younger, sure, you want those those, uh, material things because they bring joy to you. And there's nothing wrong with those. There's nothing wrong with having what you really deserve in life. But, you know, to be yourself and to be authentic and and just be able to contribute, um, a lot more will come to you than just worrying about you know, who you've got a photo with or what you're putting out there because that doesn't necessarily make you successful because it actually makes you look silly because when you dig deep, and as I say, I, I like to do my due diligence on people and, um, and if it's superficial, it, it doesn't sit well. Mm, now that is extremely good advice and uh, on that note, um, thank you again for jumping on uh, the podcast. Thanks for having me, Craig. Really appreciate it. What a journey that Ralph has been on. He's pretty much been and seen it all, experienced it all from business success, business struggles, health and health struggles, relationship, relationship struggles. So all sorts of adversities and challenges that he's faced all the way along his journey. And when that happens, when you do get challenges in life you rise above them and you learn the lessons and you take them forward and they help you be better equipped from the future so i want to thank ralph for jumping on to today's episode because there's a lot of learnings uh, throughout that conversation if you like today's episode make sure that you share it uh, you get the message out there Um, because, you know, it's really important to get good guests on that we have as many viewers as we possibly can. So if you can help do that, that would be great. Uh, The One Shop Movement book, if you haven't got that, head over to my website at Craig Schultz. Just my name, craigschultz.com. Make sure that you register interests or download that book as well. Um, As we always say at the end of every episode, make sure that you go out there and live life with passion and purpose. You've only got one shot at life. Go out there and give it your best shot. My name's Craig Schultz and I'm the host of the One Shot Movement Podcast.